All right, here we go. Episode two, Joshy Stallion. <laughs> Jeffrey Joseph. Oh. <laughs> Russell podcast talk. So uh, we're going to kind of talk about a lot of things that involve Josh's favorite wrestler, Shinitsuke Makamura. Makamura, right? True. Nakamura. Boy. He's in the money in the bank. That's who I got to win. That's who you want to win. That's who I want to win and to get pushed as this international megastar that he is. Yeah. But he's doing stuff with King Corbin still. And uh, I know Josh didn't watch the last couple episodes of Friday Night Smackdown, but they're still doing uh, a lot of gimmicks with uh, King Corbin. Now he's a depressed person that just lost his crown. But they trademarked a new uh, saying for him, right? For uh, Baron Corbin? Yeah, I think it's called Happy Corbin. Happy Corbin? Yeah, so who knows? They're probably going to give him an Adam Sandler-like uh, yeah. gimmick, and he'll be, like, hitting slap shots with hockey pucks. So they had King Corbin. They had the Andre the Giant uh, Memorial Battle Royal winner. He was money in the bank. He's done a lot of stuff, like uh, they, they put the general manager. Yep. So, and like I was saying earlier, he was one of the safest workers to, to work with. Uh, and there was another one that you referred to that was a safe worker. Uh, the Miz? Yeah, The Miz. That's what I heard, at Jericho. Never, I, I know, I'm not a worker, so... Well, he doesn't have a lot of athletic abilities. He's more of like a five-wrestling-setup-move guy, and which is <laughs> nothing wrong with that. That's how Randy Orton is. But I could probably beat The Miz in a thumb-wrestling match, but that's about it. Yeah. That, as long as you, you know, utilize your intellect and punch him in the face afterwards, <laughs> like how Bad Bunny did. But uh, the Matt Riddle's in the Money in the Bank match. And it'll be interesting if he wins because that could lead, that could put more storyline behind the tag team of Randy Orton and, you know, Matt Riddle, RK Bro. Who knows what they're going to do with that, though, because, you know, Bobby Lashley, I don't see him losing anytime soon unless Brock. Fairly, like, I don't see him losing fairly to anybody. So if he were to lose, it would probably be a Money in the Bank cash in. Yeah. Because MVP always helps him. He helped him out. Drew McIntyre he helped him out to actually win the belt with uh, his managerial skills. Because uh, he beat the Miz. That's who he beat to be champion. And every time uh, Drew McIntyre had a chance to take the belt from Bobby Lashley, uh, MVP came came in and saved the day. So, you know, I, who knows who, who's going to take the money in the, the bank thing they're probably just gonna have it like it's a title belt have the person hold it for like six months just to make it just to boost their uh status in the company like otis remember him yep who know like I, I feel like they didn't even write in the fact that otis was gonna lose the money in the bank to the miz i feel like they just wanted to they they really didn't want anybody to lose their belt the, the wwe championship with universal champion chip uh champions at the time so that's probably why they gave it to the big, fat, <laughs> goofy guy that uh, is known as a tag team wrestler. And now he's with Alpha Academy. He's a heel now. Yeah. That's. I wonder why they uh, got rid of the heavy machinery with Tucker and, and Otis, though. It's probably because they wanted to get rid of Tucker. They probably didn't think that he was... He had no crowd reaction at all, and he was mediocre in the ring. He wasn't doing the worm, like... Yeah. He was, like, a good... Um, not NXT. Well, I guess they were a good tag team, but it was Otis that was uh, holding everything up because of his uh, 
character that is happy-go-lucky, uh, I guess, could we say, stupid, uh, intellect-level character. But Otis reminds me a lot of me if I were to wrestle, because, I mean, I'm a short guy and I'm fat, and this guy is short and fat, and ironically, I used to get drunk and do the worm at Christmas parties. This guy's doing it as a finishing move, so I see a lot of myself in Otis, so that's why I'm, I root for the underdog when I see him. Well, that was from revealing stuff. <laughs> but um, if you think about it, though, uh, Chad Gable was winning tag team with uh, Jordan, uh, Kurt Angle's illegitimate son. Remember him? Uh, Jason Jordan, I yep. think. So Jason Jordan's not there anymore, and obviously you got uh, Chad Gable and what's his name? Otis Stallion. <laughs> Is there so they both started with tag teams and they're both still in tag teams so that's kind of how WWE views that their talent at that level but uh remember um Enzo and uh Big, Big Cass. Cass yeah WM Morrison is his name now Big Cass's uh name and he, he looks like he, he's more fit than he was in WWE his his hair is still he still has the whole moniker you know the long hair and uh I watched uh Total nonstop action wrestling. It used to be known as TNA, and I came across it accidentally scrolling through the channels. And he did. He faced three um, wrestlers: WM Morrison, uh, Big Cass. You know what his finishes are now? What? Choke slam. But he, he holds them by, like he brings them all the way down. It's like a modified choke slam. A big boot and an F5. Brock Lesnar's move. But he doesn't fall down when he's doing the F5. He just tosses him. He tosses like him. Yeah, tosses him like a ragdoll. It's the same thing. It's just he doesn't go to the ground. And I was like, that's interesting. That actually, that makes that puts him up as a, like an elite uh, performer now. You know. Yeah, it's the same thing that they do with Matt Morgan. Matt Morgan, they turned him into this monster esque character in TNA. Yeah. Where in WWE he was this mediocre stuttering guy. guy. Yeah. That was one of his gimmicks. They did that. It's like they purposely. Uh, Degrade some of the wrestlers like uh, EC3. Uh, remember him? Yes. Uh, I forget his whole thing, but yeah, he was a star in TNA. But yeah. then WWE kind of made him a jobber, which I understand they can't have uh, everybody be a top star. But EC3 had the look, and as far as I know, he had the mic skills and athletic ability. And sure. athletic ability. Not even Intercontinental or United States Champion, like, but. Oh, and, and it was funny because I was thinking, like, his last appearance on wrestling was he got sent through, like, a, a double table off the side of the entrance ring. Or, or, you know, like, when you, in front of the stage, when yeah. the uh, wrestlers get out, he got, like, powerbombed or jackknifed or whatever by some wrestler. I think it was John Cena that did that. But WWE uh, has a reputation of dogging wrestlers before they go, like... Uh, John Moxley, the uh, Dean Ambrose, he was losing to like people that were like intercontinental champions, like former intercontinental champions, and unfairly he was losing. Some guy just drove by in like a, a little machinery bike thing, a little motorized bike, motorized bike. Yeah, and he was driving like on the on the street, like he has license. The guy doesn't have a license. He probably has a six pack in the back of his. Uh, he had an Enzo Amore t-shirt on. So, 
But he, uh, for Enzo, he's just doing, uh, this just updating the local wrestling scene. This is what this podcast episode is. And it's predictions and stuff like that. But Enzo, uh, you see him a lot on, like, wrestling conventions and stuff like that. Or just, like, you know, like how Comic-Con is? Like, in Providence and stuff like that. He does a lot of shows like that where he shows up as, like, a guest celebrity. And, like, he was spotted at, like, baseball games. Like, he still has the hairstyle, like, the Scotty Too Hotty hairstyle kind of thing. So he's still trying to get, um... Noticed as his celebrity uh, identity, but he's not doing wrestling. He's not doing promos. When he got fired from WWE, he was doing like some rapping stuff on YouTube. But it's good to see WM Morrison uh, back in the game because he could have come back to WWE based on you know his overall presentation. Because his last match was against Daniel Bryan, and he beat him in a pay per view, one on one open up the show but the thing that got him released is he was doing a live promo and he went off script he probably went off script because he forgot what he was saying but he went off script and the promo was good it's just that's a disrespect to the writers and the producers and everyone that is investing their time behind the scenes to put you on camera you know it's like you don't respect the the people that are promoting you behind the scenes and those are the people that, you know, probably push for him to get released. But they also push for you to get uh, sponsored, I guess. That's like a top guy. So that's how business and wrestling works. And Josh is going to try to be... Uh, you, you did a couple wrestling classes before, right? Yes. And then uh, you stopped because uh, they, you were too good, I guess? Yeah, I was, I was out of shape and... <laughs> you said, no, tell them the false story. All right, let's get the real deal story. Showcase Pro Wrestling. Um, yeah, check them out, Showcase Pro Wrestling. And you took a class, they do wrestling classes there, but you took a couple uh, training, and you apparently you were taking the bump to the, the mat correctly, but uh, you were dealing with an ironic uh, hard-ons randomly. No, I, I had kidney disease. <laughs> And I took a kidney shot from the turnbuckle, and that kind of ended, <laughs> ended my wrestling career. <laughs> yeah, that would uh, be a automatic disqualification right there for being a wrestler. You could probably be like not plus, a ball bearer. Plus, but. I, I lost my interest in it because once you join one of these schools, they kind of pull the curtain of illusion away. Like it's kind of like. Kayfabe's gone when Yeah, Kayfabe is gone. And it's not fun you actually yeah. have to work. That's how I feel about comedy. Like you just don't show up and perform. Like show up and you have to put in all work behind the scenes to get that that time in the in the ring or the time on stage. Even if it's like a three minute match you're getting a Rick Fillet chopped and then you're gonna get backdropped and then you're getting put in the crypto crossface. Whatever. Crypto <laughs> The Crypto Clam The Clam. The Clam Crossface, the Chris Benoit. Uh you have to put in, like, at least, what, two, three months of wrestling training, like, once a week, just to get into the ring to get your ass beat. <laughs> so, this guy uh, turned. There's a lot of bad drivers today. So, uh, you know where I live. I don't live at the, the old house, right? I yeah, think. I have to go. I'm going to go down. Yeah, don't, don't give the people any uh, details on where I live, but... <laughs> he lives in a cardboard box on the side of the street. 
and I have a 2x4 like Hacksaw Jim Duggan as my pillow and uh, a Sergeant Slaughter thong as a collector's item right yep so that was pretty uh, inclusive to the podcast that was that's a false story I don't live in a cardboard box but if I did I would probably uh, have a lot more money than I have now because I wouldn't have to pay rent you know if I was a wrestler, my moniker would be I'd be living in a cardboard box and i come out with a hat and i go to the crowd and say, give me some money. And then they'd be like, oh, this guy's cheap. That'd be and an SPW gimmick infringement. There used to be a guy called the bum or the homeless guy. Oh, yeah. And they, that's what he did. That's fucking asshole. He probably drinks nips too. He's like, I don't have a dollar, bud, but I get some alcohol. And then he takes it and he drinks it. So his character's true to who he is. Probably. Well, I guess that's a way to get paid for wrestling, though. Because uh, I actually do that moniker thing on stage where I don't say I'm homeless and, and stuff like that. But it, it's an easy way of getting paid to do nothing, I guess. So we're still, we're still stalling until I get to the destination to make it a... a 15 minute episode any predictions that you have for money in the bank Nakamura or Seth Rollins I think is going to win oh yeah I forgot about Seth Rollins and that could be uh, his back. I don't think he needs it Seth Rollins but his legacy doesn't need it but as far as him being a heel champion I think was one of the best in like 2014 with Triple H. Well, if you think about it, it can't actually now that I think about it, it can't be Rollins to, because it usually goes face heel, face heel. Right now we have a heel champion, so a face is gonna probably beat him. Yeah. So who is the the top what? face guy? Uh, Riddle or Nakamura? That's final answer. That's what I think. Both brands are covered. If Nakamura wins, I think everybody would be content with that. But there is, I would have. Uh, you can take a right, I guess. With the wrong way. Shit. I can stick a left on you. Yeah, Jeff Hardy's not a wrestler that's getting dogged like uh, how Dean Ambrose was before he went to AEW. Um, he's losing to, like... I mean, I, I like J- uh, Ginger Mahal and stuff like that, but... He comes back and gets beat in, like, three minutes on, on a Raw. Like, granted, Ginger Mahal... That's funny, the other... It's two comedy friends that called me there in this whole uh, ordeal of a Bible study and wrestling podcast. Fucking people. Now I'm going to have to edit out this episode because they're ruining the, the train of thought. It would be nice if a wrestler was calling and we could take like the call. Like, hey, Jeff Hardy, yeah, we're talking about you. You going to AEW? Because you know he is. His, his uh, brother's still doing um, like main event type uh, storylines with AEW. He's more of like a mentor towards the younger wrestlers, but Jeff Hardy still has it in him as like a top elite athlete without any reinforcement behind him, just him. And I think we talked about this in the first episode. Like the fans are going to have to cheer really loud to in the live um, in, uh, occurrences when Jeff Hardy's out in the crowd. That way there, they would have no choice but to push him. Kind of like how they did with Daniel Bryant. Like that's why he got the champion. Uh, chip uh, in the main event spot because the fans are behind him so much like the yes chance 
and like the no chance, you know? Kind of similar to Stone Cold Steve Austin with the what chance. But that's what happens. The wacky world of when, Yeah, and, and the fans are the ones that really uh, decide who gets pushed or not. I wonder how it's going to be when... Another Amber Alert. This is the second one, huh? This is a real authentic podcast. See that, it's time to uh, take another genetic Viagra to avoid erectile dysfunction. That's another uh, hard topic to cover, huh? What? Erectile dysfunction. It's hard to talk about that. <laughs> ding, ding. That that would be like the... Um, Otis, that's his next gimmick. He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna, instead of selling vitamins, he's gonna help people with the ED <laughs> by doing the worm. That turns up by everybody right there. So, that being said, we're gonna leave it out at that. And uh, this podcast might not get published, but if it does, uh, you know, you can donate to uh, Joshy Stallion at. Uh, I'm not gonna give him because he has a memo but uh, if you don't donate to the next episode and the third one then you don't deserve to be listening to this podcast fuck you all assholes alright that's the sign off <laughs>